Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, Film Geeks, today's class is all about It Lives Inside, the directorial debut from Vishal Dutta. So let's talk about it. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of All Right, Let's Talk About It. My name is Savannah. I am your host. I do film reviews and film industry commentary. Wherever you're listening from, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share. And it's September 22nd, which means tomorrow is the first day of fall, which is great for some of y'all that actually have all four seasons. I'm here in the beautiful city of New Orleans, where we probably won't get fall until wintertime. Now, I'm not originally from here, right? I'm originally from the Charlotte area, North Carolina. And this is one of the things I do miss about Charlotte. And just the Carolinas in general, just that part of the East Coast is we actually get fall. And it's your typical fall that you see in the movies with the leaves changing colors. Because if you're not familiar with North Carolina geography, it's split into three little sections. You have the mountains, the Piedmont, and the coastal region. Now, Charlotte is in the Piedmont region just outside of the mountains. Like they're right there, like you could spit, and there they are. You know, it's not uncommon for people to take, you know, little day trips to Crowder's Mountain, which is kind of a mini mountain and that you can go hiking. It's it's fun. It's beautiful. It's pretty. And it does what it needs to do if you're in a hiking mood. But I miss the, the changing of the leaves. Now, the leaves fall here in the wintertime in New Orleans, but they don't really change colors. Not like I, I'm, I'm used to seeing. And it's so beautiful, especially if you're driving, you know, north down the highway and you see um, the leaves changing. It's so, it's so beautiful, the different colors. I, I miss that part. And I also miss the actual fall part. You know, right around this time, you can start to wear long sleeve shirts. You can start to kind of wear hoodies maybe in the morning. Um, it's still hot here. It's still hot and it's going to be hot for a very long time. I might be able to wear long sleeve on Halloween evening. Now, Halloween for me is pretty typical. I've done the same thing the four years that I've been here, which is people watching on Bourbon Street. I just take the streetcar down to Bourbon Street and just walk up and down the street and just people watch. And it's a good time and it's fun and it's dark. Last year was actually kind of cool. There was a guy out there who was um, just singing. It's not 
uncommon. You know, it's normal New Orleans fair to see street musicians, street dancers, street performers. And there's this one dude, can't remember his name, but oh my goodness, man could sing and play guitar. It was beautiful blues music. Whenever people ask me like, what's your favorite genre of music? My answer is always, I'm not, I don't know. I'll listen to anything. But whenever I hear that, my soul just settles. But we're getting off topic. I'm just ready for Halloween. I'm ready for October. Um, I'm ready for it to get cold. I'm ready to wear hoodies. I- I'm ready to feel justified getting a hot drink from Starbucks, even though that's all I drink. I'm not a big iced coffee girly, but we're getting, you know, a little off topic. We're here to talk about a movie. It lives inside. I saw this last night at my local AMC theater. If you follow me on TikTok, you've seen the TikTok review that I do. And if you follow me on YouTube or you subscribe to my YouTube channel, I am going to start posting my TikTok reviews on YouTube kind of as a preview, um, just so you can kind of get a taste of what's to come the next day. So that, look out for that if you subscribe to my YouTube channel, because I often talk about these things on my podcast, and I know not a lot all of you have TikTok. So there you go. If you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, you should. I'm going to be repurposing a lot of my TikTok content there, mainly because TikTok has the best like video editing capabilities out of all of the different ones, mainly your TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, the only thing that sucks is just the monetization. It's it's weird. We can get into that another time, but it lives inside. Now, I'm not going to keep y'all here super long. I think I have a cold, or at least I'm getting a cold. Maybe I just need to go outside. I don't even know. But and I feel like there's not a whole lot to talk about here. So this is It Lives Inside. It's the directorial debut for Bishal Dutta. This is produced or, you know, where's the, um, I'm looking for the movie poster. Yeah, from the producers of Get Out. Now, I've only seen Get Out once. I didn't see it when it came out. I think I watched it over Christmas. And I really wasn't all that interested when it came out. To me, it just looked like Skeleton Key, well, the movie with Kate Hudson, which ironically enough, is parts of that was filmed here in the city of New Orleans. I think most of the movie was um, filmed in Thibodeau County. Thibodeau, not County. Oh my gosh, I'm talking too much about North Carolina. Thibodeau Parish. So that's what it looked like to me. So I didn't watch it when it came out. I think I watched it that Christmas when I went I didn't go home. I was still living in Charlotte. So I was at my mother's house and we watched it. And I remember afterwards I looked at her. I was like, that's it. That's, that's the movie that everyone's been going on about. She's like, you didn't think that was awesome. I said, I thought it was kind of mediocre. It was just middle of the line. So yeah, I'm not a, a, a fan. I wouldn't call myself a fan of Get Out. I've talked about Jordan Peele on here before. I'm not a fan. I don't think he's a bad director. He just doesn't do it for me. I don't get it. I think, honestly, I think Get Out is one of the most overrated films of the last 10 years. So why am I talking about Get Out? This being from the producers of Get Out, and that was such a big selling point for this movie to get people to buy tickets and say, hey, you love Get Out? You're going to love this. I don't really know what that means. I don't know what that means for those of us that didn't really like Get Out. Sometimes I think that's, you know, such a risky selling point to say this is the producers from that movie. You really have to bank on people loving, absolutely loving that movie to give another movie a chance. That's just my thoughts. But again, this is the directorial debut from Bishal Dutta. And he is an Indian American director. That's important to the story because this is a horror story that features a South Asian and Indian lead. Her name is Megan Suri. So this stars Neera Bajwa, Megan Suri, Mohana Krishnan, Vik Sahe, Betty Gabriel. Betty Gabriel was in Get Out. Gage Marsh. So if 
I mispronounce any of those names. I did the best I could. I'm I'm such I'm very phonetic thinking when it comes to um, reading and pronouncing words. So correct me if I was wrong. But Megan Suri plays our lead named Samita. She goes by Sam and she's kind of caught between two worlds. Now, this movie really is heavy on the social commentary. Now, if you listen to my $2 Tuesday talked about the menu, which is also social commentary, there's a right way to go about it in a wrong way, at least from my perspective. Um, there's something about the menu that just gets the social commentary right because it just makes it part of the plot. It weaves it into the plot. It takes a social issue and builds a story out of it. Does that make sense? It's not laid on top. It's not too hidden underneath that we have to dig too much in the hour and 45 minutes the movie is going on to figure out what the director is trying to say. It's just right there woven into the plot. It's not just kind of thrown at us in little bits and we hope we kind of catch it. So this movie is definitely a social commentary. I just think it lays it on a little thick. They tell us more than they show. Does that make sense? So this is about a South Asian teenager named Sam. Her real name is Samita, but she goes by Sam by her peers. And she's very much assimilated into American culture. At least she wants to be. She wants to fit in. She wants to be no different than anyone else. But she's gorgeous. Okay. She is Indian and hopefully if you're Indian, you're listening to this. You don't take this the wrong way. You stand out but not in a negative way. Um, My personal opinion, South Asian individuals, you know, I'm thinking, you know, India, uh, Pakistan, those countries in that region, Nepal, some of the most beautiful, beautiful people on the planet, as far as I'm concerned, like just gorgeous, just stunningly gorgeous. Like if there were a blueprint, I feel like they would be it beautiful, right? And then they come from a culture that's so colorful and so different. So I understand that I have, I imagine I say that it must be a bit of a challenge when you come from a culture such as that one, when you stand out and you look that way, strikingly beautiful, incredible features, and then the voice, the accent, it's so beautiful. It's sing-songy, it's soothing. And I don't know, it, it reminds me of music. Whenever I hear someone from that part of the the world and I hear them speak, their voice to me sounds like music. It's just beautiful. You stand out. And that can be very frustrating when all you want to do is blend in and be like everyone else and be treated like everyone else. But God bless her. She stands out. But she just wants to be, again, treated like everyone else. That's why she wears the clothes that she wears. She speaks English mostly, even to her mother, who is trying to speak to her in Hindi. And she speaks back in English. And so you can see kind of this war that she's waging with the culture that she was raised in, with the culture she's trying to adopt. So this movie really is about acculturation versus assimilation. Assimilation is when, you know, someone is stripped of their culture in one way or another and they're forced to adopt a new culture. Or, you know, you're in a new culture and you have to kind of discard or throw away your old culture in order to properly adapt to your new environment. Acculturation is a little bit different. Acculturation is when you take on the aspects of a secondary culture while still holding on to the old the aspects of your birth one. The best example that I can think of personally is me being here in New Orleans. Now I'm Southern, right? Cornbread Southern. Um, but I'm from the Carolinas. Not all of the South is the same. You know, there are a lot of things we have in common, but culturally th- th- there's the, the South is different from one another. North Carolina is not South Carolina. It's not Georgia. It's not Florida. New Orleans is not Shreveport. It's not Baton Rouge. It's not Lafayette. Okay. Everywhere is different. And so when you're going from one place to another, you have to adjust and adapt. So I've had to adjust and adapt to New Orleans culture. That's not just, you know, um, 
the heat or anything like that. It's also the language, the lingo. I've had to learn new words and phrases. I've had to learn how to repronounce certain things. I grew up saying pecan or pecan. Now I say pecan or praline, you know, just I've, did I have to do that? No, but it it just kind of came with it. I wanted to be able to, I wanted to know and figure out how the people hear, how they speak, how they say things, the lingo, the vernacular, so that when they say things, I understand what they're talking about. Like it was maybe a year ago, I realized I caught myself saying making groceries. I don't say that. When I go to the grocery, I say, oh, I'm going to go get groceries. They don't say that down here. It's making groceries. And I caught myself saying that one time, making groceries, certain words, I say them a little bit differently. I've had to adapt to a new culture in order to, you know, function here, but yet I'm still holding on to aspects of my old one. So that's another aspect would be somebody who's getting married, getting married. You're having to adopt and adapt a new culture or sometimes create a brand new one from scratch with your spouse, but you're still holding on the aspects of your birth culture. So someone who a lady I follow on TikTok, she's British and her husband's Nigerian. So she's had to adopt and adapt to aspects of his culture, claim them as her own while still holding on to parts of her British culture. Because while they are a, you know, by, you know, interracial family, uh, living in England, they still have that Nigerian culture within their household. So acculturation. So her mother is very much stuck in her South Asian culture. And stuck is a very harsh word, but I can't think of anywhere else, any way else to really describe it for this movie. But she's very much in her traditional culture. Dad, on the other hand, is, I think he's supposed to be portrayed as being assimilated, but he's more acculturated. He is very much involved in what's happening in American culture, it seems, but still holding on to aspects of his birth culture. Whereas Sam, Samita, is trying to discard and do away with her birth culture and completely adopt and mesh herself with this American culture. That's assimilation. Does that make sense? So that's what we're seeing here. We're seeing someone who's holding on to their culture, someone who's way, who's walking the line of both and someone who just wants to be one way, completely opposite. That's what this movie really is about. It's kind of a testimony to the struggles for immigrant children or first generational, first generation American children and what it's like for them when they're coming into the States, having to adapt and adopt a new culture and trying to fit in while still maintaining the aspects of their old culture and even old holding on to pieces of heritage. So that's the problem here. It's not so much that she's abandoned her culture, but she's done away with her heritage. And it's her heritage, the things that are passed down to us that are that could save her in this aspect. So Sam is assimilating into American culture. She's trying to be like any other normal girl, but she stands out. And we get little things that just remind her, and it's very blatant and very obvious. Like there's another girl, Tamira, who seems to be doing not so well. She hasn't slept in days. Her hair hasn't been combed or brushed. And she keeps walking around in what looks like, you know, a school shooter trench coat. And she's tapping on this jar, this mason jar. And the teacher, her name is Joyce, played by Betty Gabriel, is, you know, asking her, hey, what's wrong with Tamira? And talking about, you know, we have to look out for our own and da da da, like lingo like that. It's very obvious, very blatant um, that she's different. She's set apart. She stands out. And, you know, reminding her, trying to pull her back into a culture she's trying to distance herself from, including a, a peer who is no different than her, who comes from the same community. 
what else? Um, her mom making remarks about how she doesn't use her language anymore. A friend of hers saying, hey, can she wanted to record her say, hey, can you say something in Hindi? Stuff like that, right? So it, it's very blatantly obvious. It's, it's, it's very telly and not very showy. Like, you don't have to tell us a whole lot. You could just let us walk around and follow her and get to know her naturally. And we can see the struggle. Instead of letting us see that struggle, we just, he just tells us. He gives us these little moments to show us. And it's overtelling. I don't know how else to make it make sense. So she's got this classmate named Tamira who's walking around, you know, tapping this jar, looks kind of crazy. And her and Tamira, it looks like have a past. They have a history. And Tamira approaches her in the girl's locker room and says she needs her help. And she's like begging her to believe her. And she's talking about how there's a monster inside the jar. It says it lives inside. And. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. Plush care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Sam, not wanting anything to do with this, smashes the jar. Tamira runs out of the bathroom, you know, hysterical. She drops this journal Sam picks it up, runs after her to try to apologize and help her out. And long story short, Tamira disappears. She's gone without a trace. Her mom files a missing persons report. It's all kind of crazy, if you ask me. But now this jar has been broken. This creature that was living inside the jar is out. And now it's tormenting, in a sense, Sam. Now, the problem with this is because Sam has abandoned her culture, she really doesn't know what's happening. She doesn't understand what's going on because she's decided to just not keep up with this. So she's not prepared. She doesn't have the tools necessary to fight this demon because she's abandoned her arsenal. Does that make sense? 
Now, the, the story in itself is actually kind of cool. It's very simple. The movie's not very long, a little over an hour and a half, like gets to the point very quickly. However, that's the problem is it gets to the point very quickly. Even with the runtime being that short, you do have enough time to take your time. Now, here's the thing with horror movies, though, especially when we're d- talking about horror movies that deal with some kind of trauma. The descent into madness is so important. There's a movie, Smile that came out last year, I think does this so well, where we really see this descent into madness with our main character. We don't get that. At one point, she's good and Gucci, and then a couple of things happen, and all of a sudden, she's crazy. We just kind of jump from point A to point W. Does that make sense? So this movie really doesn't take its time to to flesh out those little horror details, the descent into madness. And then you have the things about horror, like the way a movie is shot, angles, framing and whatnot. This movie's not very scary. I, I wouldn't even call it a horror if it didn't say horror right next to it on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, I would say this is more of a thriller bordering on a psychological thriller. The problem is the director has these moments of tension and anxiety, but he fails to capture them. He doesn't capture them very well. The way he sets up framing, it's very predictable, like the way he sets it up so that we can see the her face and also the back of her head. You know, oh, something's going to grab her hair. You know, oh, you're 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 lingering on this window for too long. Oh, yeah, we're going to see something in the mirror. We're going to see something in the window. It's very predictable. So there, he doesn't reinvent the wheel. He doesn't really do anything new. He just gives us something different in an old package, different in the sense that I don't know if I've ever seen a South Asian or an Indian um, horror film, a, a movie, a horror movie that's rooted in South Asian or Indian mythology. Or, you know, Hinduism, so to speak. I don't think I've ever seen that. So it's different in that way, but the packaging is still the same. There's nothing he does that's any different. And I don't think he does it any better. So again, yeah, the framing is off. He has these moments of tension. He just doesn't know how to capture them. He doesn't know how to present them. The character development is very, very weak because we don't really get the time to get to know um, Sam for ourselves. He presents Sam the way he wants us to receive her. And that doesn't always work. That doesn't work with horror films. You have to give us time to kind of connect with the characters on our own so that when things happen to them, we care. That just didn't happen for me. I, I didn't feel any kind of connection to this character. I didn't feel like I cared much about her. I was kind of annoyed with her more than anything. I, I don't know why this keeps happening with a lot of female characters where they're just not fleshed out properly or they're presented so surface levelly that I'm more annoyed with them than connected to them. It, it, it's a little frustrating. So yeah, th- that's the issues that I'm having with this movie the framing being off, the moments of anxiety and tension being there, but him just not being able to capture it. I don't know how else to really explain it. The sound is not there. The framing, the angles, the lighting, it's just very typical and, you know, quintessential horror. We've seen it before. He just doesn't do it right, if that makes sense. Now, in terms of the plot, This being something different, right? I don't know too much about South Asian culture or Indian culture. I think the only movie that I could think of in which Indian culture was present, two movies that I can think of, uh, The Secret Garden, because, you know, we start off in India with um, Mary, Cousin Mary, in India, and then The Little Princess, or A Little Princess. It's one of the two. The story that Sarah Crew tells is from the Ramayana. 
So we get this parallel story of a little princess plus the Ramayana, which is, God, it's gorgeous. I love the way they do it. But anyways, so that's the only film context that I think I have in terms of South Asian Indian culture. I'm not familiar with Bollywood. I did not see Slumdog Millionaires. Um, So I've never seen this culture on display in film in this way. And I was really looking forward to and excited about it because again, it's so beautiful from an outsider looking in. It's gorgeous. It's stunning. The colors, the clothes, the people, all of it is just beautiful. And I was looking forward to kind of taking, uh, you know, a little swim in something different and something new, learning something new, experiencing something new, because film has a way of putting us in experiences, putting us in moments, putting us in these directives. But this director doesn't quite do it. There's so much context that's missing in terms of the culture. And I think that's because it's very close to him. So I don't think he's given much thought to the fact that there are people who are watching this movie who are going to hear things and they have no idea what's going on. So instead of being immersed in the story, instead of being brought into the culture and into the mythology, even if it's just for that hour and 30 plus minutes, we're left just peering through a window. You know, it, think of like going to a pet store. It's the first thing that popped in my head. So don't read too much into that. But think of it like going into the pet store. There's a big difference between going inside the pet store and actually holding the dog. And an, it's another thing to actually just stand outside on the sidewalk looking through the window. We are standing on the outside looking through the window, just watching things happen and not given, I think, a moment to really interact with it and, and feel drawn or connected to it. We're just watching it. And I think a lot of that is because this is his culture. It's his history. It's his heritage. It's very close to him. So it's familiar to him. So I'm pretty sure if I had to guess, he really didn't give much thought to the audience not understanding any of this. Does that like I felt like we were just missing context. I really wish there was more to draw me in and bring me into it, to give me an understanding of something that I just don't understand. I was looking forward to that part and it just wasn't there. And I thought that was just a little unfortunate. What's up, parental units? So this is the part of the podcast where I answer your burning question. Is this appropriate for my child? So again, this is a horror movie. It's rated R. Is it? Let me double check before I continue on. I think I'm just making assumptions here. This movie is rated PG-13, so it's rated PG-13 for teen drug use, brief, strong language, bloody images, terror, violent content. I think what saves this from having a completely rated R rating is, one, the lack of blood. There are some bloody scenes, but it's not that bloody. It's mainly like bite marks or just the illusion that something is happening and the lack of curse words. Um, usually it's the um, F word. That will get you an R rate that can get you an R rating or, you know, anything sexually suggestive, but the lack of blood. So, you know, that's about it. Um, I don't it's not scary. I, I didn't find it scary. But then again, I am grown and I've been watching horror movies for a very long time. So I'm a little more particular, a little more biased. So your kid might find it scary. I didn't. Again, I say this every time and I'm going to keep saying it again, you know your family, you know it's appropriate for your family, you know what you will and will not tolerate. So what's in this movie that might be wearisome for um, some parents? Then again, this is rooted in like South Asian 
mythology in a sense. That's the phrasing that we would use. So we are talking, you know, different kinds of demons here. So that might be confusing for some of you to have to explain to your kid. So think about the conversations you might have afterwards. So there is that part. But I think I would say that about any movie where there's any kind of demonic presence. What kind of conversations are you willing to have with your elementary age kid once the movie is over? So there's that part. Now, in terms of drug use, it's just one time and it's, you know, a joint and the dude dies right after. So it's not that big of a deal. The strong language is not really that strong. It's not that inappropriate. I mean, it's not rated R. I think your 13 year old or older will be definitely be fine. I would be a little more cautious with your middle schooler, your element, elementary age kid. I can't think of a reason why they would want to watch this unless you have a little kid who was like me and like scary movies. But. Yeah. So 13 and older, I think should be fine. Middle schooler, um, do a little more research. Elementary age, I don't think they'd find this interesting. I just don't. So I, I don't think that's anything you would need to worry about. But I would definitely say it's not I wouldn't say it's inappropriate for an elementary age kid. It's just like, for what reason? Does that make sense? Like for no, there's no reason. There really isn't. So yeah, I hope that helps you out. Let me know if you have any more questions. I will be happy to answer them for you. Want to advertise on this podcast? Check the episode description to see how you can be featured on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to me rant and rave about yet another movie. So that was It Lives Inside, the directorial debut by Vishal Dutta. And... To sum it all up, I said this on TikTok, I think it still applies here. This director is more interested in making a point than telling a story. And it definitely shows just the lack of creative artistry with respect to horror films. It's just lacking. But I do see the potential in this director. I look forward to seeing what he comes up with in the future. So what's coming up next? So next week is a double feature Thursday. Haven't done that in a good minute. I will be seeing the creator and Dumb Money. So Dumb Money I'm seeing first, I think at like three o'clock and then the creator at seven. And I'm I'm excited. I I'm, I'm, can't wait. So this will be my first time seeing Pete Davidson on screen. This will be my first time seeing Pete Davidson anywhere. I've never watched him on television. I think, what was he, SNL? Yeah, I've never been an SNL person. That That's not my thing. Um, I loved all that growing up, but yeah, never much was interested in Saturday Night Live. So that this will be my first time seeing Pete Davidson on screen. That'll be interesting. And then I'm seeing the creator. And then the week after that is The Exorcist. Now, Dumb Money is, I would say, a victim of the Taylor Swift movie because I had it on my calendar to come out in October. But a lot of movies got shifted around because of the Taylor Swift movie, which last I checked is like breaking records it's basically going to save the movie theater in a sense um it's going to help them out in a in a way that a lot of movies haven't in a long time i think top gun maverick did wonders for the movie in movie theater industry last memorial day weekend so that was what 2022 so yeah a lot of movies had to be moved around um trying to think yeah the Hillary Swank movie um, Ordinary Angels got moved from that weekend to uh, February 
uh, Killers of the Flower Moon was going to do a limited release and then a wide release all in the month of October, I think maybe late September going into October. They decided to scrap the limited release and just go for a wide release the week after the Taylor Swift movie. The Exorcist movie was supposed to come out on October the 13th, but that's when the Taylor Swift movie is coming out. So they moved up a week, which I can't think is so sad. That would have been so much fun. October the 13th, you know, Friday the 13th. Why not? That would have been fun. Wouldn't it have been fun? I think it would have been fun. But hey, I get a week early, which means I have less time to, you know, suck it up and rewatch the original Exorcist movie. It's one of those movies uh, I saw one time. I don't need to see it again. But I I want to definitely compare and contrast. So yeah, that's what's coming up. Cross your fingers, say a prayer for me that I finish the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. It's the Hunger Games prequel. That movie's coming out in November. I have not watched the trailer yet. I've told myself that I will not watch a trailer until I read the book. So if you're wondering, wait, wait, what happens with the trailer comes on in the theater? I've walked out. I've walked out of the theater and walked back in when the trailer was over. I've done this so many times. I can time it now. So, yeah, that's what's coming up. So look out for those reviews and then you get another $2 Tuesday on Tuesday. I'm going to tell you the movie that we're doing. I can't wait. Oh, my goodness. So one of my favorite movies, I can't wait to talk about it, is Gone Baby Gone. And it's from the perspective of talking about like a moral dilemma in film and how that's often portrayed and how sometimes they'll take you know a battle that happens within one body and split it into two different characters so yeah we're talking about that i can't wait and then we get into our october two dollar tuesdays which is going to be some scary movies some of my favorites and not so favorites so that's what's happening that's what's coming up again don't forget to like comment subscribe and share let me know your thoughts what movies are you seeing this weekend if you have seen it lives inside let me know what you thought if you found it scary i want you to tell me why it was scary for you Because again, I didn't find it scary at all. So I would love to hear your perspective on why you found it scary. Real talk. I'm I'm not being crazy or mean or trying to, you know, challenge you or argue. I really want to hear how it was scary for you. So maybe I missed something. So educate me a little bit on your perspective. I would love to hear from you. But until next time, thank you so much for your support. Happy fall for those of you who are lucky enough to get a fall. And I will see you next time. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.